Hey team, welcome back to the show. Today it is Coach Andy and I once again. Now, um, we're going to be getting into a topic today, something that's come up a lot frequently and I've gotten a lot of questions about, and that is body recomposition specifically for women. So really today, um, we're going to just be digging into strategies for simultaneously building muscle and losing fat. And on that note, let's go ahead and just get right into it. Starting off with what is body recomposition? So a body recomposition is reducing body fat and increasing muscle at the same time. This is really what most people want, right? Um, I think like everyone wants to like get leaner and build muscle simultaneously. That's most everyone's goal. Now, and depending on where you're coming from, um, it will vary a lot as far as how realistic that is for you, like how much we should chase that. But there is also a myth out there that like body recomposition, again, like you can't build muscle and lose fat at the same time, right? You have to either be um, gaining muscle or losing fat, but both can happen simultaneously. But the thing to understand is that is very much not true, right? Like they're completely different compartments. Think of like within your body that are being acted on here, right? So from a fat loss perspective, of course, that's happening at the level of fat cell that is dependent on there being a calorie deficit. Whereas muscle growth isn't as dependent calories do help but it's not as dependent on the overall amount of calories we have in as it is first like we need an adequate stimulus present to signal the need for muscle growth which comes from training and then adequate nitrogen so basically adequate protein um and then if we have that we can also stimulate muscle growth right so there are two completely different processes which are very capable of happening at the same time so first it's important to understand that both of these things happening at the same same time is extremely realistic. Now, from there, it's also important. Again, like you, and even like in the past, I've talked about like, hey, there are definitely specific individuals who shouldn't be chasing body recomposition. But it's also important to understand that it is a surprisingly common scenario for the women we coach, even the more advanced clients. So think like other coaches who start working with us. During their first six months or so of coaching, as again, there are several levers we can typically pull here. So when we're looking at body recomposition, again, from the fat loss side of things, we can improve nutrition, right? And really improving nutrition. I would kind of look at these two levers as improving nutrition and improving training. So again, really kind of two levers we can look at here, improving your nutrition and improving your training, right? And both of these can lead to more of that body recomposition effect. So from the nutrition side, again, improving nutrition will typically lead to more fat loss. Better fueling yourself around your training sessions or pair your workout will typically lead to more muscle growth. So that also kind of bleeds into the training side of things. And even just improving your micronutrient status. So making sure we're giving your body all the zinc, the B vitamins, the iron, the selenium, things of that nature that it needs. That'll upregulate thyroid, um, upregulate sex hormone production sometimes, improve areas where you're deficient. And again, a healthier body will be a more responsive body. So just by improving nutrition, we can see some pretty impressive shifts in body composition and then improving training. And really, I would say for most people, this is a huge, even like within other coaching services, I think this is something that's very overlooked where a lot of times it's just like, Hey, here's your training program, run it for the next eight weeks and I'll give you a new program then. But there's not like digging into form feedback. How hard are you pushing? Right. And that's like, Every single week, I think like more of our conversations on training than anything else are, hey, we're not pushing hard enough. There's still more here. There's still more here, right? And that's such a big part of what most people are missing to build tissue. So I think again, like so many people focus on the nutrition side of things, but really neglect the training side of things or think they're training well when we're not actually training nearly as well as we think. Um, 
but again, like what that leads to is typically if we're just focusing on the fat loss side of things, we're, we're just focusing on the nutrition side of things. And again, it's like, Hey, on paper, this should be a good program, but we're not actually like looking deeper into that. Typically what it leads to is people mostly just lose fat. They don't build much muscle. And then you essentially just get a smaller version of the same physique you had. So, well, some people may have one of these factors, again, nutrition or training very dialed in, but honestly, I would say it's pretty rare that someone starts coaching and they have either of these factors extremely dialed in, right? It's, um, be it like from a nutrition perspective, like, Hey, we're truly doing a good job with our consistency, hitting your micronutrient needs, your peri-workout fueling, things of that nature. Um, similarly with training, it's very rare that people have either of these factors dialed in, let alone both. So because of that, again, there's typically still a lot of areas where we can improve and make some pretty considerable changes to your physique quickly to lead to body recomposition. So again, that's a big part of why we see it. Like in theory, you'll hear a lot of people say like, it's something that's not extremely like, again, like maybe we should push for body recomposition all the time. Um, but, and I fully agree with that, especially as you get more advanced, but again, it is something that like for newer clients almost always happens. Anything else to add to that coach Andy, before we can move on. Yeah. I think a lot of people, whenever they come in, like you said, there's, there's a lot of low hanging fruit there. And even if, um, like things are looking pretty good, there's always something we can pick out with, um, maybe it's digestion. Like if you improve your digestion and that's such, I pick on that one specifically because it's such a common thing where if you're not digesting your food, well, you're not able to utilize it well. Like you don't get that fuel for training. Um, even just as having a conversation with a client this morning where she said, I didn't really believe before that eating before my workout was going to make any difference. Like I didn't think that helped. And I was like, yeah, I've never seen somebody actually put this into practice and feel worse in their training. They always feel better. And if you're feeling better and more energized in your training, you go in well-fueled, well-hydrated, then if you can eke out a few more reps at the end of your set, that compounded over six months of this recomp phase, you're going to see a huge change from that. So um, I think that a lot of people just hear from different directions, like, oh, this, this doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. Where like, okay, if you single out that one thing, it might make a 1% difference, but we've listed off like 10 different things here. And so like, how much does that compound um, into better results and then extrapolate doing those things very well out over six plus months. It makes a huge difference. Absolutely. Yeah. The pre-workout nutrition one is a funny one because same thing, people are always very resistant to that. That is always something where I really have to push people like, let's give it a week. Right. And because people are so resistant to that. I have never, I've also never had someone to where after they tried it, they were like, I don't want to do this. Right. So I was like, okay, yeah. Like within a couple of days, it's almost always like, yeah, I get it. I can see the difference almost yeah. immediately. No, I love that. Okay, cool. So from here, there are really going to be three scenarios where body recomp is most likely to happen. So I want to talk through each of these scenarios because I think it's important when we're looking at body recomposition. It's not necessarily just this lose fat, lose a ton of fat, build a ton of muscle at the same time. And I think like being realistic with where yourself as far as where you're at allows you to better approach this and get the best results out of it. Because if you put yourself in the wrong category here, which I think most people do probably won't get the results you want here. So scenario number one is you lose fat and build a considerable amount of muscle at the same time. So again, this is typically what most people think of when you say body recomposition. So typically in this scenario, measurements and visual appearance will change drastically. Again, you'll see someone lose a lot of body fat, 
um, and they will clearly be more muscular. Weight will also typically decrease a pretty considerable amount in this type of body recomposition. Now, I'll say regardless, I think for most of the women that we coach, um, when they achieve their goal physique, it's almost always a little bit heavier than they would expect. But again, this is typically a scenario where we are seeing someone still lose a pretty considerable amount of weight. Now, we most often see this in women that have consistently been in the gym, but are more focused on burning calories. So think things like Orange Theory Fitness, F45, Peloton, basically they've been in the gym but they're missing the proper stimulus for muscle growth. Now, this could also be true for someone who just hasn't been training. That said, we don't like attract very many clients who haven't already at least been training. Um, they might be mindful of their diet in that, hey, I try to eat mostly clean, I eat healthy, um, but haven't consistently tracked their macros. So they're oftentimes also missing the stimulus needed for fat loss. Or maybe it's like I'm experienced with tracking macros, but I just don't do it very consistently, right? And maybe like my perception of what I what I'm eating is quite far away from what the reality is. Now, you probably wouldn't consider individuals who undergo this variation of recomposition like dramatic data shape. I would say that's more true for like the clients that we attract, but really like I would say like even if it is someone who does have a large amount of body fat to lose and again they haven't been training in a proper manner, they can also see a dramatic recomp. Um but really within this this can also have happened consistently to detrained women. So really, um, this is almost always an individual. So again, when we look at those two levers, we're kind of look at it as two stimuli, right? We have the nutrition stimuli, we have that, like the proper nutrition intake for fat loss. And we have that training stimuli that we need for muscle growth. These are just people that have been missing both of those things. Neither of those things have been in place, right? So again, this is like when everyone thinks of body recomposition, this is typically what they're thinking of. Now, I would say a great client example that someone we shared recently is Noel, who um, has been coached by Natalie. I think they've been working together for two years now, actually. Uh, the hashtag shreddy for the wedding, Noel getting shredded for her wedding. That is where that came from. Um, but I know they started out working together, just focusing on nutrition and really spent a ton of time focusing on just at maintenance, establishing good a good understanding of, of nutrition, practicing daily habits, and making sure she was eating enough while practicing things like eating out of restaurants in a way that supported her goal. And then June 2022, um, she transitioned from CrossFit, which I would say is not as big of an offender as like Orange Theory Fitness. But a lot of times, it's just, again, it's definitely not going to be the most efficient way to build muscle. Um, and a lot of people will go to CrossFit, crush themselves, feel like they got a great workout, but Hey, still don't see my body change. Because again, a lot of times the actual stimulus we need to build muscle tissue is missing. So again, June, 2022, she started focusing on hypertrophy training with Natalie transitioned away from, um, CrossFit style training. And throughout the same time frame, they've gone through several fat loss phases and her recomp is crazy, right? Like she's lost a considerable amount of her body weight. She's very clearly got a lot leaner, but she's also added so much more muscle tissue to her frame. So I think Noel is an incredible example of that first type of body recomposition. So again, to be a good candidate for that, probably need to have been, you're probably going to be someone who you don't, it doesn't, it's not like, uh, it doesn't have to be like, Hey, we have a huge amount of body fat to lose, but you're also probably not going to be someone who is already extremely lean, right? There probably will be like, yeah, I could get it a little bit leaner. Um, and you also have had to have been missing that training side of things. Now, scenario number two, actually, before we move on, anything to add to that one? I, I think you covered that pretty well with those types of training, um, modalities like orange theory, F45, those kind of things. You do feel like you are training to failure, but the, the thing that is failing is not the target muscle. So like, if you're trying to train your quads, 
doing like a 20 run, what I don't know what they do, 21, 15, nine or whatever back squat. Usually the thing that's going to give out is like, I'm just so tired cardiovascularly or my core is giving out something of that nature rather than I am really focusing on controlling the negative, add a slight pause in the bottom and like make this as hard as possible for my quads. So just training that or changing that in and of itself makes a huge difference versus like bouncing out of the bottom of each rep. And then all of the things, of course, that go on with the nutrition side of things. Absolutely. Okay. So scenario number two for body recomposition is you might not lose much weight or even body fat, but you gain lots of muscle. So, um, one of the examples I like to use for this most consistently is let's say you weigh 140 pounds with 30 pounds of fat and 10 pounds of lean mass. So right now you're 21, 21.5% body fat. Now let's say over a six month lean gains phase, you add six pounds of muscle things go incredibly well. You don't add any fat at all. So you end the phase at 146 pounds with 30 pounds of fat and 126 pounds of lean mass. So you're now 20.5% body fat. So even though we didn't lose an ounce of body fat, just about the fact that we added more muscle, um, the ratio of fat mass to muscle mass on your frame has improved. You will look leaner. Your body fat percentage will literally be lower, right? So an important thing to understand here is again, that fat loss lever isn't the only lever we can pull to create body recomposition. I would argue like pound per pound, pound of muscle that we add makes a bigger difference in our overall look, uh, your overall appearance than losing a pound of body fat, right? But most people have only like been trying to pull that fat loss lever for so long. Pulling that muscle growth lever is again, going to be yield just as big a changes. And for a lot of people, I would say this is very common for the, for the clients we coach. A lot of the women we coach start already very lean, right? So again, like, let's just get into where we most see, where we most commonly see this type of body recomposition. Again, it's a lot of clients who start with us who are already very lean. So the quote unquote fat loss stimulus of a calorie deficit was likely already in place. Maybe like peri-workout nutrition, proper protein intake wasn't in place, but you definitely understand like, Hey, here's how I need to get leaner. And they're already typically individuals who are very lean. Now, that said, similar to the first example, they typically haven't had the proper training stimulus and often aren't doing a good job fueling themselves for muscle growth, especially around training. So this is most often that client whom, Hey, maybe they dip into a deficit way too often or underrate all week and overrate on the weekend. So they're not seeing themselves get leaner, but again, they're constantly underfueled, struggling to build muscle through the week. Um, they're also often under eating protein and carbs and typically doing facet training, right? And in this scenario, um, the thing to understand is yes, we're still chasing that same body recomposition effect, but rather than us, like that first scenario, we were pushing for fat loss, right? We needed a calorie deficit and we needed the appropriate training here. Again, we're pushing for body recomposition, but our goal isn't necessarily to lose body fat. Our goal actually in this case, like typically one of the biggest things you need to focus on is first, yes, that proper training stimulus, but alongside that actually probably doing a better job fueling yourself, potentially eating a bit more, especially around that peri-workout window, like making sure we're doing a great job with our pre-workout nutrition, our post-workout nutrition, adequate carb and protein intake. So again, like now, again, you will, if you add, which we see this all the time as well, you might not actually see the scale shift much at all. And we get into a client example here in a moment. Um, we might not actually even like lose much body fat from our frame, but by adding so much more muscle, by better fueling yourself, better training, again, your physique will look completely different. So I think a great example of this is another one we just shared, Shanae, who of course has been working with you, Coach Andrea. Um, and hers, her transformation is insane. 
She's only two pounds lighter on the scale, but her physique looks completely different. So can you kind of give us a high level overview of what was going on with her and how you've approached that transformation so far? Yeah. So whenever she got started, she was working out, but it wasn't structured training and that um, just the programming and how each rep looked needed to improve and then intensity needed to improve a bit too. Um, And then along with the nutrition side of things, just getting more consistent across the week. So she was someone that was likely under eating through the week and overeating or having more alcohol and things like that, that accumulated into more calories over the weekend. And so just getting her consistent with nutrition across the week and getting her protein up made a really big difference there. Um, along with later on talking more about peri-workout nutrition. So she's somebody that trains really early in the morning and adding that peri-workout nutrition aspect was really impactful for her too. Um, we actually got started because she wanted to get leaner. And I didn't get a great view from her initial um, movement videos. We got started in a deficit and we did that for like three weeks, I think it was. And I was like, okay, we actually don't have much runway here. We just need to get you eating more and fueling your training. And we went into a building phase. Um, We did do one mini cut through that just to have her feeling more comfortable going into the summer, but that was about four weeks long. And so we really haven't spent much time in a deficit at all. So all of that change has come from her building muscle. And um, like we've been talking about, that came from dialing in things slightly on both the nutrition and the training side of things. Absolutely. And for the listeners, I will link up. Um, we of course just have like an Instagram post. that's like, you can see their, their progress pictures. You can see the changes also like a more in-depth review of kind of the process they've gone through so far. I'll actually link up all the client examples we're referencing here in the show notes. So you can check that out. But I know like one of the things I highlighted in her transformation, which again, is crazy. She looks so much leaner, but you can clearly tell she has so much more muscle, but yeah, I think you guys had spent like seven weeks of her 41 weeks so far dieting and the other 34 were i think there was a one week primer phase and then the rest of the time was focused on building on eating more right and that's again like she's someone who looks a lot leaner her physique is way different but 33 of those 34 of those 41 weeks again she was actually focused on eating more and that's again like i think that's one of the most common scenarios where typically what i see is this type of client comes in and they want that first type of body recomposition, right? Where it's, I've been chasing fat loss. I've been chasing fat loss. I just need to keep getting leaner. I need to keep pulling that fat loss lever. And it's like, Hey, that's actually the opposite of what we need. And that's why like I have in the past said everyone like you might want to stop trying to chase body recomposition because I think when everyone thinks body recomp, they just think, think of that first type. So it's again, well, that's why it's so important to like be realistic with yourself about which category you fall in. Because for her, if you guys would have kept dieting, probably wouldn't have seen nearly the changes that you've seen now. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, if you think about if you, if you have your, like, if you look at your body and you think, well, there's no way I'm going to look leaner without losing this body fat. Like you can kind of look at or grab, but if you put muscle underneath something like that, it's going to push out against the skin. And so now that exact same amount of body fat is like, thinned out, stretched out, like you have more shape underneath it. So it's just, it's something that I think is hard for people to conceptualize. Like, but if I add muscle under this, I'm just going to look bigger or more puffy because I still have that body fat, but that's not the case. 
No, absolutely not. All right. So scenario number three is you build a small amount of muscle and lose a lot of fat. So even if you just build a bit of muscle, but lose a considerable amount of fat, you'll still see an impressive body recomposition. Now, <clears throat> we most often see this in women that have been following a smart training program for quite some time, but have neg been neglecting their nutrition or have just been in a building phase and maybe have gained some body fat during that time. Now, typically this individual will already be very strong, understand hypertrophy training well, they'll be good at pushing close to failure, but not feel like they quote unquote look the part of someone who trains as hard as they do. Now, <clears throat> this is an interesting one. I really think this is by far the most rare type. That said, in my experience, a lot of newer clients think they're in this camp, but they actually kind of fall into the first camp where on the initial call, we'll talk through like, what are you doing? They're training. It's like, hi, oh, like I really, am, I train super well. Like I'm great at pushing hard. I have a ton of muscle. And then it'll be again, like a lot of times, because that's why like, it's no, no fault of theirs. I think it's again, just like what true quality training, good execution, and like truly pushing close to failure looks like. Again, there's a reason that's like the most common conversation we have with everyone in their training every week. And it still like takes a considerable amount of time for people to get there. Um, very, very few people. It's incredibly rare um, that someone starts this process and is truly like nailing that side of things. Um, so I will say again, like this is the most rare. I've talked to a lot of people who think they fall in this camp when it's typically more so the first camp where it's like, Hey, we need to dial in our nutrition, but also there's still a lot of muscle growth left on the table for you because there's a lot we can improve with the training side of things. Um, but here, if we have truly been doing things extremely well within your training, the ceiling for muscle gain and the nutrition has been adequate again, oftentimes as well. Like I would say I almost exclusively see this in like, uh, people who are coaches themselves or, and again, like this is pretty rare still, or, um, have been coached for a very long time by other coaches and like follow that process extremely well. But again, maybe it's just like, I wrapped up a building phase. So it's typically it's not that nutrition is necessarily bad. We just need to lose some body fat. Maybe there are some factors we can dial in to better fuel you a bit as well. Optimize your training a bit more unless that allows us to build some muscle, but again, there might not be a ton of growth on the table. So an incredible example of this is our very own coach, Natalie. So, um, I mean, also I think that kind of speaks to that was really the most recent example I could think of, um, of someone who's kind of accomplished this, right. Where Natalie, when she started, so, um, our relationship with Natalie started with her starting the mentorship and, um, I was also taking her through a photo shoot prep. Now, when she started coaching, she had already been training well for multiple years. Anyone who knows Natalie, which the podcast listeners are all very familiar with her. She's a training nurse. She's incredible with the hypertrophy training side of things, an incredible coach in general. Um, as far as a human, uh, well, I'm just kidding. We love you, Natalie. Um, but anyways, um, she had already been training extremely well for years and she was already pretty lean but not that lean. Right. And it was her situation was crazy because even I was shocked, like after about 10 to 12 weeks into the process, like when she started, I, she was a fit person. I could tell she had some muscle, but I didn't expect her to be as jacked, like just as jacked as she was. And I remember like 10, 11 weeks into the process, seeing her progress picture, like, God damn, like you are way more jacked than I actually thought you were like, um, and, but again, like that's, that's not uncommon in scenarios like this, right. Where if you already have a good amount of muscle, 
The reality is, the reality is, um, some body fat may just be hiding the gains that she already have. So within her case, like we definitely built some muscle, her first three to four months of training, especially as we got pretty deep into that fat, that fat loss phase and for things like a photo shoot prep and we're getting that lean normally towards the end of that process, we're probably just maintaining tissue rather than building again, unless you're very new to this, but still it was insane. Like how much her physique looked different. Um, and clearly just like, it looks like she's so much more muscular. I don't think we gained some muscle. I don't think we gained a huge amount, but Again, it was really just primarily a product of her getting leaner. Anything to add to that before we move on? Any shots you want to take at Natalie? Will you have a <laughs> platform here? I don't want to take any shots at Natalie. I'm just kidding. A true, <laughs> I also don't want anything we're actually like. Um, <laughs> no, Natalie I think that, deserves um, it for all the heckling she gives us. Yeah. My client, Melissa, is somewhat similar to this. She had a great foundation <laughs> oh, of yeah, muscle already. You could tell she was she already had a good amount of muscle. But then <laughs> just dialing in training intensity, that little extra 5% and getting into a deficit, which she's a unicorn because she hadn't been in a deficit in a very long time. And that's always, that's always nice. <laughs> um, because then like things just happen whenever you get into fat loss phase. Um, but yeah, similar, similar thing there, the foundation of training is already there. And right. if we just get a little bit leaner, it really mm-hmm. shows through and looks awesome. Yeah. Melissa is another incredible example that she trained just like Natalie, like she trains very well. She trains yeah. so hard that effort like isn't a problem for her either i think for her as well like you two were able to get it a little bit more specific to hypertrophy yeah which was also helpful but yeah definitely like her just getting leaner she crushed the shoot so i think that's a great example okay cool so let's dig into finally how should you approach achieving your own body recomp so as i mentioned i think the most important thing here is identifying which specific type of recomp we listed here best fits you um again i would say most people kill themselves by trying to do more of what they've already been doing and get nowhere so again a great example of that is like that already lean woman who has spent a very long time dieting you're already at a very low body fat but really continuing to focus on like trying to get leaner still and build muscle and that's the same thing you've been doing for like the last however many years um actually you might just need to learn how to better fuel yourself and focus on building right that might be the key that you're missing so again i think being realistic with yourself about where you are there again i would say um if you think you fall into the third camp which is again like where most like one of the most common misconceptions uh where like hey i already have a ton of muscle i already train extremely hard i just need to get a bit leaner and uncover this what i would really encourage you to do is take a couple of form videos of your own training and really like just get a good feel for like, I actually, I would encourage you to like on a couple of movements that are very safe to do so. And I would record this as well. Just take it to the house, take it to the point where I literally can't lift this weight again. Of course, do this in a safe manner, all our disclaimers there. Um, and see like, again, is that pretty close to what your effort is typically like in your training? Um, and if it's like, oh, wow, I got like five, 10 more reps than I normally did. Chances are like do it on a hip thrust, a leg curl, even a leg, a leg press, if you can do it safely. And if it's not like, oh yeah, no, that was right about what I expected. Chances are you probably don't fall into that type. Um, and you're probably in one of the first two. So you unfortunately from- never have as much muscle as you think you do. <laughs> even going through this diet phase right now, I'm, I'm at a lighter body 
weight than I was for my photo shoot. I'm like, dang, I have zero muscle actually. (laughs) I thought I would be so much leaner at this body weight. It's, it's, it's sad. Like whatever you think that you need to get to, to be really lean, subtract like 10 more pounds from that. (laughs) Absolutely. And that's like, similarly, um, a lot of people think like they lose a ton of muscle when they diet. When we do things properly, that's not the case. It's just, we typically don't have quite as much as we think. Like my, I, I've like, my butt always gets huge around building. I'm like, man, I made so many crazy glute gains and then it shrinks back down on a diet. Um, so I think that's a great point as well. But from there, regardless of the type of body recon you're chasing, fueling yourself properly is very important. This doesn't necessarily have to be a surplus. So again, like in that first type, that calorie deficit is important, both in the first and third type, the calorie deficit is important. But no matter what, like proper peri-workout nutrition, so fueling yourself around your training sessions is going to be key here, right? So this isn't going to be a scenario. If you want to make this happen, it can't be that like, okay, I'm going to fast. I'm going to fast until noon, even though I train at 5 a.m. Because I want to make sure I'm saving up plenty of calories for the evening, right? Really like that muscle growth is such an important part of this process. We need to fuel that as best possible. So that means really prioritizing getting in a good amount of your carbs around your training sessions, <clears throat> I would say ideally about 50% or more of our total daily carb intake is around our training sessions. And regardless of what type of, regardless of what type of recomp we're chasing, even if again, we're in that second type to where it's like, Hey, we might even be in a slight surplus our nutrient partitioning around the time when we're training will be the best, right? Insulin sensitivity is the highest after we've trained, meaning more of those carbs we take in will be shuttled to the muscle cell versus the fat cell. So timing more of our overall calorie intake around this window will allow us to stay leaner even in that scenario. But even if it's like we're training very early and I absolutely can't do like carbs pre-workout, which I would say in this case, like let's do like, uh, let's like start sipping on like some essential amino acids and like some liquid carbs as soon as we can. And if we finish that at like the half point waypoint of the training session, that's fine. But again, like amino acids slash protein and carbs pre and post training and oftentimes intertraining are a huge part of this as well. Um, <clears throat> your food quality is also going to be very important. So again, we can't just be playing macro Tetris. We need to make sure we're giving your body everything it needs to support thyroid, to support sex hormone production. Um, and I would say, unless you have a lot of weight to lose, we don't want to get too aggressive here with the way we're losing body fat. So again, unless you have a lot of weight to lose, like losing more than about 1% of your body weight per week. Regardless, like if we're chasing recomp, losing more than about 1% of your body weight per week is going to be way too aggressive. Um, Before we dig into the training side of things, anything else to add from a nutrition perspective? No, I don't think so. I think that covered it. Okay. So from a training perspective, again, pretty rare that someone has this nailed down. So really uh, proper exercise selection is going to be very important. So first we need the correct modality. So Um, I would say like, again, if you're doing Peloton, if we're running and trying to like achieve body recomp, you're just doing a complete, the the complete wrong modality where like those could be part of the process, but really we need that stimulus for muscle growth, which is going to come from lifting challenging weights. So our main focus here needs to be on resistance training. We need to choose movements with the correct limiting factor, right? So we need the limiting factor within these movements to be the muscle tissue that we're trying to train rather than like your grip, your balance, something of that nature. So within that, for example, if we look at, or can you give us some examples of what that'll be like actually? Examples of what the limiting factor could be outside of the target muscle? Yeah. So like movements that would, wouldn't be a good selection. Oh, here. movements. Okay. Yeah. 
Um, so that would be any of those combo <laughs> movements. Like if you're doing a lunge to a press, um, you, you can do so much more with your lower body than you can with your upper. So mm-hmm. your upper body is obviously going to fatigue first and you're going to have right. many, many reps left in the tank with the lower body. Um, anything where, um, so let's say like a, a barbell back squat, a lot of times just the axial load on your, like the ta- how taxing that is on the low back, unless right. you're really proficient on it, um, is going to be the limiting factor instead of let's say your quads or whichever, if you're doing it glute focused or quad focus, whichever one you're targeting there. Um, man, I'm blanking. I think those are uh, great examples though. I even think like a kettlebell swing, for example, yeah, right? for like, sure, yeah. It's how many times do we stop a kettlebell swing because it's like, oh my gosh, my glutes are so fatigued that I can't do another rap, right? It's anything where we're getting like the back squat where like how many times, if your goal is to grow your quads, how many, not that it's a bad movement for everyone, but for hypertrophy, for a lot of people who have a lot better options, how many times is it my quads are on fire? They're so fatigued. I like don't think I can do another rap because my quads are going to give out. It's never, it's very rarely that it's like, my form's breaking down. I feel like my self leaning forward, my back starting to hurt. I'm getting nervous. That's why I'm stopping. So yeah, with those basic movements, usually it's not even that the movement is bad. You just need mm-hmm. to do a couple little things to improve it. So on any pulling movements, adding some wrist straps is right. going to mean that your wrist or your grip is no longer the thing that's giving out. Now it's the target muscle or um, using a Smith machine on something instead of a free weight. That way you're way more stable and can push harder and the balance or fatigue in some other areas of the thing that's giving out. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think that's more prevalent to lower body training too than upper body training yeah. with like more of the like boring basics for upper body training. I think it's a lot less common that something else is a rate limiter for lower body training. I think people really run into that issue a lot. And I do think that's where like machines, the Smith machine, the leg press, the hack squat, things of that nature really, really shine. Cool. Um, then finally, like we touched on before, make sure you're training close to failure to actually stimulate new growth. Probably need to be within at least a few reps shy of failure. We really need to be pushing hard. What most people think of is a few reps shy of failure, like one or two is oftentimes actually more like five, six, seven reps shy of failure. And again, if we are stopping sets with <clears throat> five reps or more in the tank, we're doing a lot of work in the gym, but we're never actually fatiguing, simulating those muscle fibers enough to stimulate new growth. So again, it's a good way to feel like we're always in the gym, always working relatively hard, but still not getting the result. Um, anything else to add to the training side of things before we move on? Yeah, you're going to want to put the weight down a long time before you actually have to. And some one of the easiest ways of knowing is just do an AMRAP set where you truly are in a safe movement. Like you mentioned before, like pushing until nothing else, except for like the weight is just not moving anymore, even though you're pushing or pulling against it. Um, because it's going to start burning. It's going to start feeling hard a long time before that. Um, even once you get to the point of like that involuntary slowdown on the concentric. So like you're pushing against the leg press and things start to really slow down. Even once it slows, then you probably have four five, six after that. Whereas a lot of movement videos I'll watch, we don't even get to the point where they start to slow down. It's just like, this feels hard. I should probably stop now. <laughs> right. Oh yeah. And that's the same conversation we have with a lot of people. And again, if that's you, it's okay. It's so normal. That's yeah. like, we thought of 
like one, two examples each to where someone started and they were doing this well. And that's, again, it's, it's normal. <clears throat> All right. So finally, hire a coach. Um, because really what I'll say is most people will try to continue to do what they've been comfortable with so far, which will typically lead to more of the same result. So again, that example of that very lean person who typically struggles with consistently eating enough to fuel hard training. It's honestly pretty common that the idea of, okay, I've been trying to diet, get leaner for years. And I still haven't been able to achieve the physique I want. Now you're telling me I need to eat more. I need to like const, I need to focus on eating more than I have been for forever. And that's going to lead to the change. Like that is oftentimes such a scary and uncomfortable thing to lean into that people don't do well with it without outside guidance and accountability. Right. So again, I'll say that's, and I think that's true for most of these scenarios, right? Uh, just remembering that different results require different actions. And I'll say like most of the clients we take on are the transformations you see from our team are women who have already been trying to make this happen on their own for years. And suddenly within a matter of months, just after finally committing to hiring a coach, they are able to achieve this because really going all in on taking a different approach for different results and trusting someone who's guided hundreds of others to the exact result you want saves you years of spinning your wheels and kind of trying to figure it out on your own. And I think that's, again, like really one of the most important concepts where it is truly so easy to like kind of be stubborn, stuck in your own way. It's like, I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm doing. But I also think it's hard to like, without having that external source of guidance and someone to push you, I think it's very hard to suddenly like go down a dramatically different path and truly trust that you're doing the right thing, which again is why I think there's so many examples of like, Hey, this person was already trying to do the things on their own for a long time. And in a matter of months, if they trusted us, they follow the process we put in front of them. We're able to achieve such a dramatic transformation. Do you have anything else to add there? Yeah. None of the people in these examples were like brand new, just kind of like couch potatoes before they got started. Right, they were trying their own thing um, and have a really good base of knowledge. It's not really even like just like for us, we all have coaches because that's important to outsource the thinking because it's so easy to get emotional. There's zero chance I would have gone through a health phase without having a coach like guide me through it and um talk me talk me through the hard parts of it where you think you know what to do for yourself but it's just the the emotions are taking over absolutely and there's so much beauty that like i almost always in the first like week of coaching i know one of the things we talked about and like the traits of our most successful clients was there's nothing wrong with asking questions. We encourage that. We want this to be collaborative, but at the same time, it's incredible to see the client who comes in and it's just like, I'm not getting in my own way. This is different. This is new, but I'm just going to follow the plan. and like the progress they're capable of making. Like I think of like my client, Heather is a great example of this. Um, I, I think you thinking of a ton of people right now who are great examples or like Josh, who's lost over 50 pounds this year, but like client Heather, she started right away. It's like, Hey, we're going to get, we want to get a lot done quickly. We're going to start out with a meal plan. Your training is going to look a lot different than what you've been doing before. And she was like, like, this is, this is a lot different than anything I've done. This is kind of scary and uncomfortable, but I trust you. I'm going to do it. Um, and it's been crazy to see her. Like she's, I think we're down like seven pounds already. She just wrapped up her first month. She's hit her meal plan every single day. She hasn't missed on her training sessions. One of her goals when she started was someday, like someday in the distant future, I want to be able to do an unassisted pull-up. And we're four weeks in, she just hit her first <laughs> one already, right? And she hit, she hit, she did it three times, right? And it's 
So it's truly like, if you're willing to outsource that, and again, just trust this person, I have, I haven't been able to get myself to this point yet. The person that I'm entrusting this in has taken hundreds of people the exact result I want. You can just buy into that. You can see incredible results as well. So if you want to apply to work with us, link is in the show notes. Um, do you have anything else to add before we wrap this up? No. Cool. All right. Well, thank you all for tuning in and we will catch you guys next time.